Amen. The Bible says in Psalms how beautiful it is when God's people dwell in unity. He is honored and he is glorified. Well, good afternoon or good morning. Which one is it? (laughs) How is everyone today? How is everyone today? Amen. Well, I just want to share with you all just real briefly, you know, our theme is surrender, but I want to share with you how I suffered this past week. Oh, it was so hard. It was so rough. It was so tough. I got to spend four days in Newport Beach, California. Oh, can you imagine? I had to surrender the cold of Cincinnati. I had to surrender the clouds. Yeah. Yeah, the snow was just melting. Isn't that some true surrendering? Walking in the beautiful beach of Newport Beach. Perfect weather. But I was there on an amazing um, time with our conference, our eco-conference. Uh, our eco gather national gathering, and I just want to tell you it was an amazing time. Um, but part of how that's related to surrendering is to see so many of my brothers and sisters there who were called into ministry, who surrendered their life, surrendered their goals to worship Jesus through being a pastor, through teaching, through leading. And so it was humbling for me to be in the midst of those folks and humbling that I'm part and we are part of an amazing new denomination that seeks to honor God but seeks to be a church that makes disciples. So I was just thrilled and happy about that. But as we all know that surrendering is a very unpopular word and often it's used in a negative context. When we hear the word surrender, it it definitely implies that you're giving up something or that you're losing, losing something or, or, or that even that you're being dominated or even conquered. In most instances, it's humiliating, isn't it? Any wrestlers out there and you had to surrender? Those of us who play sports or have kids that play sports, We know that our coaches tell us, even if you're losing, you fight to the end. There will be no surrendering on this team. Even if you're losing and it seems like it's impossible, you better fight. You better show and and let them know that you were out there. Isn't that right? Isn't that what they tell us? Who would ever say... Oh, just give up. Just tuck your tail between your legs and just walk off. That's just not, that's just not in us. It's just, that's not what we are told to do. Even captured criminals surrender. So we don't always look at it in a in a good light. 
if we are honest with ourselves, actually surrendering sickens us. Who wants to be controlled by somebody else? Don't tell me what to do. How many of us were teenagers once? And you know, and then you started to get a little bit older. And as my mom used this amazing phrase, she would say, you're starting to smell yourself. (laughs) And that meant I no longer wanted to be controlled. I knew everything. I'd been everywhere. And she knew nothing. (laughs) But there's no way that I want to surrender to her control. Surrendering just is not fun. And as Becky so beautifully illustrated, it ain't easy. Who in the world wants to surrender a good debate or argument? Isn't there something in us that would rather die than to admit we're wrong or that we're weak? Who in their right mind, if you are in the dominant culture, would want to give up surrender power to those people? How many men in here, and I know men you can relate to this, especially men, you're driving with your wife, and this is before GPS, you know where I'm going. Of course, you get lost, and of course, she suggests, why don't we ask somebody? How many of us men surrender right off, and we pull right on into that gas station? (laughs) Yeah, big laugh. How many of us, like, right instantly, I'm not going to surrender my control to somebody on the street. No, I'm going to find my way, even though it's taken us sharing like, what, 45 minutes, hour. Because, no, I'm going to do it. It really is hard to surrender when so much in us wants to win and so much in us wants to be right. Surrendering is hard. It directly comes against self-protection. Because in essence, you are trusting someone else that they're going to have your best interests at heart. And so, that's so hard. But what's so amazing is that God in his kingdom asks us to surrender. Everything in our human nature doesn't want to. Even as babies. Have you ever seen a baby that's trying to fight sleep? (laughs) And you as a parent, you want them to please surrender. Please, you know it's going to be good for you and good for us. (laughs) But they will fight. Even as an infant. Doesn't that go to show you how much is in us not To give all, to surrender all. Yet God exhorts us to yield to the Holy Spirit. 
God calls us to submit one to another, surrender my rights, even though I'm right. God exhorts us to obey. God has the audacity to even suggest the song that we often sing, I Surrender All. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your glorious presence. Lord, open our eyes, open our ears to hear. Open our hearts, God, as you reveal yourself to us. Father, as the psalmist said, Lord, search those deep things in us that we still hold on to. Lord, search those deep things in us that still causes us to cling and and ignore you. Reveal yourself to us today. Empower us with your love and your spirit that we might surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. If you don't mind, if you would look with me to Romans, the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 2. And as, as you remember in the message, we are, this is kind of like our theme passage. But if we could read this together. Romans 12, verses 1 through 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies sacrifice, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed. What is will of God? What is good and acceptable and perfect? Well, just to give you a little background, as you know, this is the letter to the Roman church, and Paul wrote this letter. And preceding this chapter 12 is this amazing theological treatise on the character of God and all that God has done for us. I mean, Paul explains in detail the the grace of God, and that is not by works, but it's by faith that we've been saved. So there's no way that we could ever boast about it. And in the 11th chapter, he talks about how the Jewish people, the Jewish people were hardened, their hearts were hardened in order that the Gentiles who were grafted in could be part of the covenant family of God. And so Paul was saying that it's the mercy of God that everybody is included in the family. Isn't that amazing? For them, it was like shocking to think that a Gentile could ever be included in the covenant family. That's almost like in this day and time, a white person saying, the black person's my brother or sister. And they're a racist. That's how powerful Paul says that God has so made it that there is no wall of hostility. There is no division, that we're one. And he goes on to say, so Jewish people, right now you've fallen away, but I'm going to call you back. And so this is such an amazing mystery, 
how all this happens, how God does all this, how God could ever bring a racist black or racist white together and that they be brothers and sisters. It's like impossible. And so Paul is like, he throws up his hands and he worships God in this doxology at the end of chapter 11. And then after this amazing theological treatise and doctrine, Paul goes into more practical application and he starts, therefore, can you have that scripture back up? Therefore, in view of God's mercy, so everything is about God's mercy, he says, I urge you, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to present yourselves, to submit, to surrender yourselves as a living sacrifice. Let's stop right there. Now, right there, sacrifice scares me. And I'm sure it must have scared them. You know, because sacrifice is all about what? Death, right? It's also about pain. It's also about hurt. You know, when you think of something sacrifice, it's definitely something being taken away, maybe even ripped away. And here it says to present your bodies, your physical selves, as a living sacrifice. So somehow God is saying, though you're alive, breathing, you got to be dead. <laughs> kind of crazy. And then he goes on to say, holy and acceptable to God. We all know that our holiness comes from Christ, from Jesus. But he has made us holy that we might walk in holiness. Which is your spiritual act of worship. Here, Paul our Lord, through Paul, is saying that there is a direct connection between surrender and worship. God is saying that the more we submit to him, the more we're closer to him. And when we're close to him, isn't that what worship is all about? The presence of God. But this is also radical because in verse 2, Paul also covers our intellect and our minds. And so it's, you know, we can't even get away with anything because God wants all of us. Even those of us in this room who are brilliant and can do things and figure things out on our own. And even the most ignorant of us who can claim that we didn't know. God wants it all. And Paul is supporting Jesus as we see in Matthew 16 through 24, uh, 16, chapter 16, 24 through 25, that God is declaring, I don't want some of you. I don't want part of you. I want all. Then Jesus told his disciples, and this is read in the Bible, if any want to become my f followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who surrender their life for my sake will find it. Isn't that radical? You know, 
a lot of us, when we were growing up, just thought it was tiptoe through the tulips about following Jesus. Because it was a beautiful thing to go to heaven and all our sins were washed away. But not too often are we told that we must deny ourselves. We must surrender. The more we surrender, the greater our worship. Worship and this denying ourselves, denying our needs, denying our style. Worship is the preoccupation with God. Isn't that what worship is? Worship is, is my thoughts, my body motions. Everything, my intellect, is preoccupied with the one who made me. That's amazing worship. But isn't it more than not our minds... And even our bodies are preoccupied with other things. Maybe even how we sing. What songs we sing. Maybe we're so preoccupied with that song is too slow that it wipes out our us occupying God. Could it be sometimes we're so preoccupied with a style, oh, I don't like drums, that we miss God. Bear with me as I have my own translation of Zechariah 4.6. It's a familiar passage, and it starts out, but it's not by might nor by power, nor by organ, nor by drum, nor by choir, nor by guitar, but what? But by my spirit. Our connection to God, our relationship to God through worship doesn't come solely by style or form. It comes through him. When I arrived here at College Hill, it was amazing because so many of the interviews and so many folks that I talked to, we were discussing about worship, and worship still is a hot button here at College Hill. I'm one of those people, I don't mind talking about it because I think it's good. I think it's good that we're talking about how we relate to God and how we relate together through worship. But one of the things that I was, had the amazing pleasure was I started to sit in on the committees, the, the, the session team that was talking about worship. And it was so amazing to see how lives, I, had, I saw transformation of lives and transformation of ways of thinking as these folks on the team, as they were discussing and praying and fasting about what God means 
for college here or for worship. And so I've invited Jerry to come, and I want him to share just his thoughts on surrender. Because this team, they, as they sought the Lord, they came up with these six words that we've been going through all this, all this series in our preaching series and also during our foundation period. And so I just want to hear from Jerry just some what he received from that word surrender. Good morning. When I joined the worship team a year ago at our first session meeting of the year, Drew was asking everybody if they wanted to be on this team. Well, I kind of held back. I was the last one to sign up to be on that team because I didn't really want another set of meetings or anything like that. But then I thought to myself, if I don't sign up, who's going to stand up for my side? <laughs> after after our group met we went decided that we would go to another church here in Cincinnati and we went to that church and uh, I walked away from that church with the only thing that I liked about it was the sermon and I think I was the only one in my group that felt that way and I said to myself this is not going to go well. Then we had a couple week break before we were meeting with our moderator who was from Equipping Ministries who was uh, sent to help, help us through our time on this worship team. His name is Dave Payne. And when we met with him, he was going to give us a bunch of exercises to do with placing post notes with different ideas on them. And, uh, but before we started, we had to take a few minutes and think and pray about what would we do if we came to College Hill Church and a miracle happened? Well, everybody thought about this long and hard, and I said to myself, phew, well, if a miracle happened, there would be no problems in this church. Both the 9 o'clock service and the 10 o'clock service would all get along well together. Everybody would like all the music. They would like everybody in the church. And everybody would be worshiping 100% to the Father. So that led me to think of a verse in the Bible in Isaiah 6. And I'm sure you've all heard it or remember it's when Isaiah goes into the temple to be called as a prophet. Well, the first part of that verse is about surrendering. He walks into the temple and he is just in awe of God. And God is there and God is in the house. And we have to understand that God is here and God is in this house. So I knew right away that I had to surrender all my ideas about worship. The next Sunday, I decided to come to church with a different attitude in my mind and my heart. And I came in here and I said, 
all the little things that had bothered me over the years, I was not going to let bother me. So in effect, I was beginning to surrender. And I want to tell you, it was one of the best services I've ever been to. And I don't remember the music. I don't remember the people that were there. All I can remember that I worshipped Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Through the past year um, of our meetings and everything, I, I had chosen two verses that kind of help lend to my thoughts. The first one is Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are burdened, and I will give you rest. And the second one was Matthew sixteen twenty four, where Jesus said, if anyone, would, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I ask you now to consider that whether it is here at church or at home in your personal lives, that we must all surrender to God. Thank you. Amen. As was illustrated through Jerry's testimony, a lot of times surrendering is a process. It can be moment by moment, but most of the time it is a process of us continually giving those things in our lives that preoccupy us, that may take the place of our worship with the Almighty. I believe that there's two aspects or two characteristics of surrender. See, surrendering can be pretty devastating for some of us. Because often God will go after that very thing in us that we love the most. I don't know if you're like me, but I know God oftentimes will ask me to go into areas that I love. And I'll say, God, but don't you want this instead? Or God, wouldn't you much rather that I go overseas? You know, for some folks, going overseas is, is most terrifying. But for me, it's freeing. And so I said to God, instead of me becoming a pastor of a church of your people, let me go overseas. Nope. The very thing, Dennis, that you said you wouldn't do, that's what I want. So there's times of running and there's times of torment. There's times I so resemble Jonah. But being spat right back behind this. It's painful to surrender your will to his will. 
But the power is, He gives you something back. Yes. He gives you Him. That's worship. When that thing over here that you love so much and you desire so much, and even your body craves for it, yet you have a loving Father that you trust, and you say, yes, I want this. My body even aches for this. I even have withdrawals when I don't have it, but I love Him more. That's worship. When you can give those things that you don't want to do, Or those things that you do do. You lay them here. That's a sweet aroma of worship to God. I read about, I was studying surrender, and one of the authors said that there's two aspects of surrender and one is the passive and one is the active the passive is what I described before like Jonah when God will allow certain things to come into your life that will force you into the direction that you don't want to go has anybody been there it's almost like when you're driving somewhere and you get your heart intent on going one place but then you end up somewhere else and you're like how did I end up here And you find out it was a divine appointment. Sometimes God even uses age and sickness to put us on a path of getting rid of those things that preoccupy us. Sometimes he has to sit us down, lay us down in order that we might listen and hear and get our priorities and our preoccupation back on Him. There's nothing like when you have nothing else but God. But then there's also the active, and that's when we choose to give it over. We choose Him because we love Him. We choose Him because of all that He's done for us. We choose Him because that is our offering, that is our act of worship. Because He will replace the void of all that we had in us and all that we held dear. He will replace it with Himself. And that is riches upon riches. That is worship. Communion and relationship with God where he preoccupies your morning, your noon, and your evening is worship. Now, I don't want anyone to think that all this series and all the teaching that we're doing during the middle period is about us just staying in our pew and stationary and we can't raise our hands and we can't appreciate different styles of worship of of black music, of Latino music, of liturgical music, of sacred music or anthems. Just the contrary. God is bringing us through this to take us deeper so that we can worship him even more through our expressions of worship. God wants us to be free. To worship Him. 
God sent Moses to talk to the people of Israel. And he said, tell Pharaoh to set my people free. Not just to be free, not to just enjoy themselves, not just because they can have their own fun together. But he said to do it to worship me. So we celebrate expressions of worship. Scripture tells us that the deeper the acknowledgement of your sacrifice is the deeper the intensity of your worship. I'm going to say that one more time. The Scripture shows us that the more severe and the deeper The sacrifice of surrender is the greater in the depth of our worship. In Luke 7, 47 is a story of when the woman who was a sinner and Jesus was at a banquet and this woman, she breaks through this crowd of upstanding, righteous, orthodox folk. And she comes in and her her hair is not covered. And she's known throughout that community as a sinner. But she breaks through them all. She does the forbidden thing. And she goes and she breaks her alabaster jar and she pours it on Jesus. And of course, like a lot of good church folk... They say, and they get indignant, why is he allowing her to do this? Why is he allowing her to break the rules? Why is he allowing her to adorn him the way she is? And Jesus answers, I tell you the truth, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who has forgiven little shows only a little love. College Hill Presbyterian Church, when God has done an amazing thing in our lives and he has replaced the brokenness in our lives, the sacrifice, the ripped out things that we've given back to him, and we know how the depth of the sin that we were in and we come out of it because of the grace of God, we will worship But what's important is the acknowledgement of the depth of who we are without God. And when we start to use our intellect to touch our heart, to realize that we are nothing and we deserve the wrath of God before a holy God, and we come to the realization is by His grace and His mercy, we will worship. We will break through all the rules. We'll do the cartwheels in the middle of the aisle because we're grateful for what God has done for us. As I finish, I told you in the beginning that we went to an amazing retreat. Call it a retreat. But it was a conference. And one of the last worship service that we had 
at the conference had a group of people singing in the choir, and they were from Teen Challenge. I don't know if any of you know about Teen Challenge, but Teen Challenge is an organization, a church-based organization, where young people who have struggled with drugs, who have been addicted to heroin, been addicted to cocaine, been alcoholics, and oftentimes their parents have tried all kinds of different services. They've been in group homes, all that kind of thing. And Teen Challenge has a success rate of 86%, where other facilities have a success rate, I think, in the 20s. Because the infusion of worship, the infusion of Jesus. But my point is, in my experience knowing Teen Challenge, those young people worship with an abandonment. Those young people don't care if they're in the midst of the frozen chosen. Those young people don't care if they throw up their hands or if they start jumping or, or running. Because many of them would have died if God had not lifted them out of their despair. And now they're overflowing with praise and worship. God is glorified through our surrender. We have peace. And God produces power and victory. College Hill. Will we surrender our own needs, styles? Will we make room in the pew for those who are yet to come? Will you give up your seat? Will you give up your position? Surrender. He promises, and we're all a witness, that he's trustworthy, and in him we'll gain new life. Let's pray.